So uh, we are in a series called Walking in Faith, and uh, you guys showed up again today, so we're going to continue talking about that. I believe that God wants to do something this morning to you. The band, uh, I think, was a good indication of uh, God wanting to do something in some people's lives, and so uh, he, he just, uh, everything they were talking about is stuff that I'm going to talk about today, so I know that when that happens, God lines us up so we can uh, do something. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll get right into it. Jesus, uh, thank you for lining us up today, and then help me to be obedient and uh, to say what you need me to say, and not say what I'm not supposed to say, uh, and God, just uh, use use your word to um, through your Holy Spirit to do something today in somebody's life. I know there's some people that walked in here this morning that are so discouraged, they're so disappointed, some of them are depressed, but they came anyway, they showed up here anyway today, and so God, use those people today. Use them in a way and show them that that even though they're going through it right now, they're going through the waters and it's raging in their life, that God, you want to show them and you want to meet them and you want to you want to do something incredible in their life and use them. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to talk about walking in faith and while you're walking in faith, God is going to use you. God is going to use you. And I, I believe that there's many of us in this place today that, that we are all on board with this. I believe there's many here that, that, that say, I know God uses me. He's using me. I thank him for it. I praise him for it. It's very, very evident. I know there's some of you here today that believe that <laughs> you're just not good enough. You believe that you're... Um, your experience, you believe that something has happened in your life in the past, you believe it somehow stops you from being what God wants you to do, from using you in the, in the sense, in the way that he wants to do that. And I believe that uh, that is, is wrong thinking. It is thinking that is brought on by the evil one, uh, that has some of you paralyzed today by fear, has some of you fear, uh, paralyzed today by doubt, has some of you, uh, you're, just, you're just stuck, and, and you're, you're, every choice, every decision is a, is a labor for you, and God is speaking to you today, and he says, I want to use you despite your brokenness, despite being broken. God has a plan for your life. I say that time and time again from this place. God wants to do incredible things. And whether he tarries two years or 30 or 100 years, he has a dream for your life. When God made you, he had a dream for you. He had something. He said, this is that person, and this is what I, I, I have in store for them. And so when he made you, he made you with that, with that very intent purpose. Every mental health professional that you talk to today tells us this, if you really want to live, you have to have a dream. You have to have a dream. You got to have this, this, this thing that is bigger than you. And so I start out today asking you, do you have a dream for what God can do through you in your life? Is there a dream? Is there more to life than what some of you are just going through? More than just going to work, 
getting up, coming home, <laughs> and starting it all over again the next day. So I, 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 I want to challenge you today to, to, to sense what God has and that dream is for you. See, the, the problem is you've you got to have more than a dream, though. You've got to have more than a dream because it takes much, much more than that. He, he puts you on this earth to do what He wants you to do for Him, whether you're doing it or not. And some of you here today, you're not doing what He puts you on this earth for. You're doing everything else but what He asks you, what He wants you to do. I want to show you uh, on the screen, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So we, we use that a lot about heaven and what he's doing in heaven. But I don't think it was just heaven. It was here. God has, has something in store for you here that there could be more than the thing that you're going through right now. There's much, much more than that. Last week we looked at the life of Abraham. Today we're going to look at another guy. And he's a second. He's a second. You know what a second is? There's a Lone Ranger and who? Yeah. You know, you, you can, Batman and who? Yeah. There always is a second. There's always a second. Today we're going to talk about Joshua. And Joshua was a second. And he has gone with, with Moses all over the desert. He has circled the desert. And time and time again, he, he says, now is this time to get off the exit ramp? Can we leave this desert? And time and time again, for 40 years, the Israeli people went around in circles and circles. Is it now? No. Is it now? No. Is it now? No. And Joshua saw this, and he saw this great leader, Moses, who had parted, was there when the sea parted. He'd seen him feed, the, feed him every day. He, was, he, he had seen all that. And here he is. And we're going to pick up his story in Joshua 1 today. And the story that we're going to see is so much like most of us in this room. Because we all are in the shadow of somebody else. Somebody else we think is really cool. Somebody else that's doing it right. Somebody else that's a good dad, a good father, a good mother, a good granddad. And we look at them and go, boy, I wish I was like that. So we're going to look at Joshua's life. We're going to try to figure out what did Joshua do to be used by God when the guy that was in front of him <laughs> did it all, did it all. And then Moses dies, and that's where we, where we pick up the story today. Moses is dead, and he's sitting on the exit ramp, and he's got all the people sitting there ready to go, and everybody's looking at Joshua, and they're going, what do we do? <laughs> and Joshua's going... Mm, I don't know. But then he gets a pep talk. He gets a pep talk. And that's what we're going to see this pep talk today that we're going to see. And we're going to read the whole chapter, or not the whole chapter, but a big portion of, of Joshua 1. So read along with me. If you've got your Bible, it's the NIV. I did this because I know some of you do have the NIV. I think it comes next, I think. Maybe. No? Yes, there it is. This is Joshua 1, 1 through 11. Read with me. Or read, you don't have to read with me. But just, just follow along. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord. See, he's dead. The Lord said to Joshua, 
Who is he? Son of Nun. I don't know who Nun is. I, don't, I didn't go into that today, but he's, he's Moses' aide. And Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, this is God talking to, to him. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. What? Forty years have been falling, and today you want me to do this? You want me to go the exit ramp? Yes, today. Today, let's go. And so I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you. Boy, that's nice. Thank you, God. I'd like God to be telling me that. Nobody will stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, okay, that's good. I, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua, Joshua, number two, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong. He says it again. I didn't just say it one time. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn away from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And here's the promise. Then... Joshua number two, <laughs> then, whoops, sorry, then you will be prosperous and successful. I have not commanded you, uh, have I not commanded you? Be strong, here he is again, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, fearful people. Do not be afraid. Again, the Lord's telling him, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then it finishes out. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, we're going to cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. Forty years, buckos, we've been running, the, we've been running around in a race to nowhere. And in three days going to lead you to the promised land. Yippee! Everybody is excited. And so they pack up, they get everything ready to go, and we pick up the story. Uh, and there, there's several things we're going to learn from the story today as we go through it. But I want to use some things in the New Testament to kind of, kind of get this going. The first thing I want, to, I want to say to you, if you're going to be used by God, and Joshua had to do it, was you got to dump your doubt. you got to get rid of your doubt because doubt stops everybody from being used from God. Not me. I can't do it. <laughs> Don't expect me to do it. I am not able. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm too little. I'm too dumb. I'm too smart. I'm too, you know, you just, you go through the gambit of all the excuses, and they're all doubt. I can't do it. James 1 says it this way. Anyone who doubts 
is like a wave in the sea. Now take this to heart. If you take anything I say today, take this to heart. What James says, look, if anyone who doubts is like a wave in the sea, how? Blown up and down by the wind. They should not think that they will receive anything from the Lord. If you're here today and you're expecting God to do stuff and you have doubt in your life that God can do what he's supposed to do, you're like the wind just getting tossed around. Oh, look at here. The, the stove could do this and the, 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 the hot water heater could blow up and, and you can worry about everything, everything that's going on in your life you can worry about. There is so much to, to have doubt about. But if you know God and you trust Him, you will not get blown away by every wind. And I believe Joshua had a doubt problem too. This man of God that, that gets so much credibility for leading the Israelites into the promised land, he had a doubt problem. He had a problem with self-confidence. He didn't feel very confident. And neither do some of you. Neither do some of you. See, he was, he was the next man up. Moses is down. How'd you like to follow Moses? How'd you like to follow that act? It's, it's like, here's Moses, and, and here's Joshua, and Moses has done all these incredible things. And it says, Moses is one of the greatest men who ever lived, and so Joshua's time has come to, to take his place and do what God told him to do. And so we pick up this story in Joshua 1. They're standing on the banks of the Jordan River. They're standing on this, this, this incredible little river. It's not a big river. It's a small river. Let me tell you some things about it in just a minute. And so the night before they're getting ready to go, it, it, here, here's what God does. He gives him a little pep talk. And he says all those incredible things. Be strong and courageous. Everywhere you go, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do it. Be strong and courageous. Time and time again, he tells him. He keeps having to pump him up because he's leaking. In Joshua, four times he says, be determined. Get rid of your doubt. Stop what you're fearing and look at me. Stop looking at your doubt. Joshua 1 9, he says, Be bold, be strong, banish fear and doubt. For remember, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What does that mean? It means that God is with you wherever you go. I don't care, I'm scared. I don't care, I'm fearful. I don't care, he can't do it. Really? Where is your faith? Because we're, we're, we're all about here saying, I want to walk in faith. I want to do what he's called me to do. Because doubt is a choice, every time you doubt, you choose to doubt. You choose to fear. You choose to choose that emotion over God. And it is wrong. It is dead wrong. There is no logic in this, but a lot of people believe their doubts and doubt their beliefs. That makes no sense. Many of you have beliefs. You have strong held beliefs that you know deep down in your gut. You know that God is who he is. You've seen it time and time again. He's been faithful in your life. And yet when one thing comes along, you begin to doubt what you believe. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, I can't go there. I can't be used like that. See, I want to suggest to you today that you doubt your doubts and you believe your beliefs. 
Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. So many of you have strong beliefs. You've been, you, you, you've been in the university of strong, strong things that have come into your life and you've overcome them time and time again. And then one thing comes and it trips us up. It trips us up. There are two things that cause doubt in your life. There's two things. Looking at somebody else's life and then you begin to doubt your abilities. And you look around and you look in this room. There's so many of you that are much better than everything than me. Everything. I can, I can look at, I can, I, can, I can name 30 things about each one of you that are you're better than me. I can do it. And it's really easy. And when I do that, I begin to go, oh, I missed out on the gravy train. I didn't get much. And so maybe I can't do that. I can't step out like that. Maybe I can't. Let God use me in this particular area. Joshua 1.3 says this way, I promised Moses that I would give you this land and I will give you every place you go in the land. Here's the question for you to start this morning. When's the last time you asked God to use you? When's the last time you said, God, would you use me? Here I am. Put your hand up. No, don't put it up. Put your hand up. God, would you use me? Please. Here am I. Send somebody else. Let somebody else do it. Because, you know, they got more money. They got more time. They got more talent. I don't know, folks. Something's wrong. Joshua's story shows us When we're asked to be used, God uses us. God does what God does. He promises us strength. In in verse 5, he says, you'll be able to, nobody will be able to stand against you. Nobody will be able to stand against you. He promises us success, not worldly success, but godly success. You will do what I called you to do. He also promises support. I'll be there with you. Where I am, where you are, I am. You will go nowhere that I'm not. In the car? Yes. In the plane? Yes. In my darkest hour? Yes. See, we got to do what Joshua did. Joshua remembered and started thinking about the promises of God. And he took the promise of God and, he, and God told him, he says, don't let this book depart from you. Keep the promise in you. Because the doubt is going to come every day, and you've got to dump it. I'm not saying don't doubt. I'm saying dump it. Don't carry it around. Don't, don't make a big bag of it and just schlep it from place to place. Because some of you are carrying this burden that you never, ever were meant to carry. You get a promise of God. Look what Joshua 1.8 does. I think I got that. Joshua 8 somewhere. Mindy, I'm sorry. I... I Kind of skipped around a little bit. Um, I don't think I put Joshua in it. Let me just read Joshua 1.8. I, I, I kind of messed up a couple things this, this week on doing this. He says, always remember what's written in this book. I just spoke to it. Study it day and night to be sure to obey everything that's written in there. God said, do three things. Remember the word, study the word, obey the word. And then when you do that, when you remember it, study and obey, ta-da, 
something good happens. He comes and he uses you. He uses you like you've never been used before in your life. Little Sue walked in here this morning, and she, God used her in a great way. I was feeling really, like, I was just like, mm. and she came up to me and she said, I, she's got her little walker. Sorry, Sue, I'm going to pick on you. She's got a little walker, and she said, I, I, I didn't really want to come today because I've been falling flat on my face, and I've been going through it really bad. But I came anyway. You know what she did? She encouraged me. She encouraged me. It doesn't matter what you're going through. And Sue's going, I don't know. I, I got to go. I got to go. And she's here. And she encouraged somebody. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for these big Herculean things for us to do. He's looking for the small little things. Start with them. Start small. And God will use you. He will use you in a way that you never, ever thought possible. Joshua's life was one battle after the other. If you follow through the whole book of Joshua, he had everywhere he went, he had a battle. And God just said, I'll be with you. Where are you, God? He had, he had plenty of opportunity to say that, but everywhere he went, everywhere he went, he had a battle. And day after day, it was a different battle. Do you ever feel like that? Let you get one battle done, and all of a sudden something paps back up. Oh, where was that come? Where'd that, where'd that happen from? Life is like that. It's one battle after the other. So we've got to depend on God. We've got to dump our gout, and then we've got to lean on the Lord. And I want to, I want to make this really quick. You got to, as you do those things, you've got to lean on something. And all of you are leaning on something. I don't know what you're leaning on. But if you're not leaning on God, when you go to lean, eventually whatever it is you're leaning on will kick out from underneath of you, and you're going to fall. You're going to fall. The thing that, that, that you are leaning on, whatever it is you're leaning on, if it's leaning on your spouse, and all of a sudden one day your spouse lets you down, and your spouse, that, they're not like they used to be. <laughs> my friend, they're not like, and you lean, and you lean. And, oh, my pastor, I thought he would, and he didn't, he, well. All those people are human. They're going to let you down. But God will not. It means, leaning means this. It's, it's, very, it's, a, it's another word for trust. I'm counting on you, God, to hold me up. I'm counting on you when I put the lean, when, I, when I'm walking through this horrible, this horrible thing that's going on, whatever it is, I'm walking through it, I'm, I'm trusting you, to, when, I, when I do lean, that you are there. And maybe I may stumble, and maybe I may fall, but you're there when I get back up. You're there always. Joshua 1.5 says it this way, nobody will be able to defeat you in your life. Nobody will. He says, I will not leave you. I will not forget you. And God says that to you today. He's saying to you, lean on me. So who are you leaning on today? If you're leaning on your own strength, that'll let you down. But if you're leaning on Jesus, he will never let you down. I'm going to preach on this either next Sunday or the next Sunday. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. 
he will make your paths straight. Straight paths are so important when you're walking. If you walk around in circles, remember Joshua was just following Moses, <laughs> around in circles. Straight paths are nice. You understand straight paths when you, when you walk and you hike or you do, you want to go the, the straight path. You don't want to do this. You don't, this, this is not always enjoyable. Sometimes, but not very often is it like this, this enjoyable. He's calling us. He said, remember, you trust the Lord with all your heart. He'll make your paths straight. I'll say this. Leaning on the Lord is scary. It's uncomfortable sometimes. Is God going to come through this time or is he not? Because sometimes, anybody, and some of you can attest to this, he doesn't come through like you want him to. Right? Say amen to that. That's a That's yes. He doesn't come through like you thought he would. You, he, it's not in the shape that you thought it would. Joshua's like, hey, wait a minute. 40 years, didn't I put in my time? I was second. Shouldn't we just go straight to bingo? Shouldn't we just go to Millionaire Acres? Why don't we just go to Millionaire Acres? Fight, 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 fight. We get stuck. We get paralyzed. And today, God wants to meet some of you that are stuck. And some of you are paralyzed by fear, by your doubt. Because you're leaning on your own understanding. And when you lean on your own understanding, only what you can see, you do what Sue was going to do. You just stay home. <laughs> Don't need it today. What's he done for me this week? I fell on my keister 14 times. What good is he going to do to go to church? You encouraged the pastor today. What good's it going to do for me to give my little bit? What good's it going to be for me to, to volunteer my time? What good's it going to do to be kind to somebody that's being a jerk? What good's it going to do for me to forgive somebody who's hurt me really, really bad? God knows. Stop leaning on your own understanding. Say it again. Stop leaning on your own understanding. Because you got stinking thinking. Your thinking is wrong. Most of the time your thinking is wrong. If it's not God directed and God protected. And lastly... Lastly, don't just lean on the Lord. Just don't dump your doubt. Don't just depend on Him, but you've got to launch out. You've got to launch out, and there comes a time when you've got to say, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to walk in faith, and God is going to do what He does with me. There comes a point when you've got to stop discussing it. There comes a time when you have to stop thinking about it. There comes a time when you even have to stop praying about it. And there comes a point where you just got to step and there's a point where you got to get up off your blessed assurance and say, here today, God, I'm going to do what you called me to do. Because so many of you are, you're just, you're just sitting and you're waiting for something to happen. You're waiting for somebody to push. You're waiting for some magic pill. You're waiting for some magic beans to come along. And all of a sudden, Jack and the Beanstalk will come up and you go, yes, there he is. 
But I want to tell you, folks, <laughs> that doesn't only happen in fairy tales. Joshua 1.10 says this. I think I put that up there. Hopefully I did. I did. Joshua issued instructions to leaders to tell the people to get ready to cross the Jordan River. So he, game day. It's the Super Bowl. Everybody, the, the bands are playing, and they're all there. And, and here's the deal. The whole mob comes up on the Jordan River. And the Jordan River, once they, they cross this river, they're going to go and they're going to continue to battle. And they're going to continue to battle. But this is their first battle off the off-ramp. The first thing before they even get off the off-ramp, they come to the Jordan River. Now, <laughs> here's the thing about the Jordan River. It's usually about 100 feet wide. And at the deepest, deepest point, 20 feet deep, not a big river. Remember, they just crossed 40 years ago, what? The Red Sea. Moses stood there and, and God did his thing and it, it parted. And some of those people there saw that. Some of them saw it. They remembered it. And here they are at the Jordan River and they go, what the heck did you do to us this time, Joshua? You brought us to this river. Well, what's wrong? Well, we can, get, we can, we can float across that, can't we? Well, yes, but scholars tell us at that time of year there is uh, floods going on. Mountain springs, are, are, all the snows are, are, are coming down, and the river is raging, and it's huge. And the people are looking at the Jordan River that's usually very tame. They've probably gone by it before, and they're looking and going, why did we come this way? You ever do that? I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust God. This time I'm going to trust him because I, what I saw was only 100 foot and 20 feet. 20, I can do that. What I can see. So here they are at this, this flood season. God allows them to be there in flood season. And a flood comes and everybody looks around. And the first thing out of their mouth is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And God is looking at them, and he's looking at us, and he's saying, no, it's not what you're going to do. It's what will I do? What will I do? Joshua's people did this. And they, they asked him, how are we going to get across? There's no boats, there's no pontoons, there's no bridges. What's the prescription here, bucko? How do we get across? And so this time, Joshua says to them, I just want you to walk into the water. Walk into the water? Yes, just walk into the water. But we'll die, Joshua. Walk into the water kind of a test. Spiritual leaders go in first. The Bible tells us they walked into the water, and God did what he does all the time. He, he did a miracle. About 17 miles upstream, he dammed up the water, and the water stopped. It stopped. It stopped. And all the spiritual leaders said, let's go. And here's who I want to pick on a little bit. I want to pick on the spiritual leaders in this church today. 
And if you're a dad, you're a spiritual leader. If you're a grandpa, you're a spiritual leader. I want to pick on you for just a second. Your wife, dads, husbands, needs you to lead in your family. I don't know what that looks like for you, but your family needs you to lead spiritually in your family. They need you to say, let's study the Bible. Let's say, they need you to say, we're going to go to church. Nothing is going to stop us from going to church. Nothing is going to stop us from doing what God asks us to do. Guys have got to be the ones that step in the water because I, I know that sounds sexist. I know some of you go, don't agree with that. I understand that, but I'm telling you, men, when men do what God has called them to do, God does something special, a little extra special. And there's some men here today that are letting women rule the house and guide the spiritual house and take care of the spiritual things and make sure the kids are okay spiritually and make sure that they're doing that and, and you got to stop. It's got to stop. And there's some grandparents. There's some grandparents in here that need to pray and do something for your grandkids and continue to get involved in their life because they're going through some big issues. Your grandkids are going through issues that none of us hardly ever went through. I, they're dealing with their sexuality. What am I? Am I they, it, am, or well, what am I? They're dealing with, with attraction to, to same sex. They're dealing with all this stuff. We're in a time where it is so popularized. They're dealing with, with this insecurity this, this thing of, I, I want to kill myself because I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And it has to come from men. It has to start with men. And they have to step into the water. It's roaring, yes. It is, it is, it looks horrible. But God is calling some of us to step out and to step in to the Jordan. And what is your Jordan River today? What is your barrier in life that looks like you're never going to get around it? Every one of you in here have a barrier that you're trying to get across. And you, when I get through that, I'm going to start serving God. I'll be used by God. When I get through this, I'll start doing my thing for God. No, God's, God's saying, do it now, and I'll use you while you're on the journey. I'll use you while you're going through whatever it is that barrier is. But Jeff, it's hard. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Some of you are saying, I'm getting a little too old for this launching out stuff. Joshua was 80. He was 80. So you don't have an excuse. None of you do. None of you do. God, however many years left, however many years you got me on this earth, I'm willing to be used by you. Would you say that today? Would you, could you pray that prayer during our ministry times? God, here I am. Use me. See, I'm not here today to push salvation, but I, I always want to leave it open. If you're here and you've never been immersed, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, if you're here and you've never given him the lordship or the key to your life, then today during ministry time, maybe God wants you to do that. February 27th, we're going to have a public display of that. We're going to have our baptismal service. And there's some of you here that need to make that step into the water. 
Well, I never don't understand why I need to do that. Well, I understand. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why you need to do that. Does that save me? No, it doesn't save you. It's just a public commitment, just like that wedding ring. <laughs> Reminds me of who I'm, who I'm hitched to. However many years I got left, God, use me. Ecclesiastes says this. Listen, and this is, this is right on the head for some of you. Uh, nope, Ecclesiastes, maybe. Nope, that's Ephesians. I think maybe I didn't put it. Two. See, I really screwed up the slides. That's not Mindy, that's me. Uh, nope, that's Ephesians. One more, or I'll just read it. I'll read it, it's okay. Ecclesiastes says this, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. There it came up. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. What are you waiting for? <laughs> well, we'll start, we'll start tithing when we get the money. We'll start giving when we get... We'll start serving God. We'll start helping people when we retire. And you retire and you get tired and you go, oh, <laughs> I don't know. As I look back over the last 20 years of our church... I'm amazed at what God has done to a bunch of people that just say, here I am, use me. Here I am, use me. From the band, I got to tell them that story. Can I tell your story? It's too late to ask, isn't it? Is it too late? Okay. March, uh, the January the 8th, we're standing up here and Whitney gets up and my daughter Whitney has a really hard time um, standing in front of people and singing. She, she has a real hard time with it. And she kind of confessed it a little bit. And she's got a pretty good voice. But she doesn't feel that God can use her in doing that. And she stood up and she said that. And Annette says, oh, that's me too. <laughs> that's me too. I, can, I guess I can do that. And I, I say that not to embarrass Annette, but to, to say praise the Lord for Annette answering that call and saying, God, use me. Use me. Let's pray. God, just use us. While we're walking in faith, help us not to look at the things that we see and don't let them stop us. God, we just want to be who you want us to be and to go where you want us to go and to, to do what you want us to do. I know everybody in this room is that way, but we get so wrapped up in the accoutrements of this world. We get so wrapped up by our payments and by the, the culture and by, by the way we feel and the way we see things. And God, it's just, it's so hard. It's so hard, but we know that you promised Joshua and you're promising us today that everywhere we go, you'll be with us. So God, during our ministry time these next few minutes, I pray that you'll just ask us to, to be open, that you'll allow us to, to just to speak to you and you to speak to us so we can do what you've called us to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. And I say this, I close this as the, the tape comes up. If you're not being used by God, what in the world are you doing with your life?
If you're not being used by God, what in the world are you doing with your life? What, 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 I believe you might be wasting it. I believe you might be wasting it if you're not using it for the Lord and saying, here I am, God. And it doesn't mean you have to be a preacher. It doesn't mean you have to go, go to, to a seminary. And, and it means that you're Sue. It means that you're Ned. It means that you're you. That you just say, here I am, God. <laughs> Take my little and do something a lot. I'll close this right after this song. But I don't have to make feeling down and defeated the place that I stay. Gonna rise to the moment. Gonna speak to the ways. Gonna push back the doubt that keeps dragging me down when I can't find a way. Don't need to see it. I saw you.
what I believe and I'm going to walk in what I believe and I'm going to, I'm going to doubt what, I, what, I, what these doubts that come at me. I'm not going to give them the residence in my life. I'm not going to let them take up what they need to take up. God is calling us. He's calling you. He wants to use you in a mighty, mighty way. I don't know what that is, but let's pray together. Let's get together and let's, let's continue to say, God, I want to seek you. I want, to, I want to know what you want me to do because I believe with all my heart that, that God has people that he wants you to do something incredible for in their life. Maybe people in this room, maybe people outside this room, maybe people outside somewhere that you never even thought about in your wildest dream. Thank you so much for being here today. Don't forget, if you're able and you can help put the chairs up, would you do that? If you can't, don't worry about that, but visit for a minute and do that, and uh, we're going to go. So God bless you. Love you all. There's going to be a song playing. You can just listen to it or just go.